0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Fantasy Freaks podcast. This is the third rendition of it. In this podcast, we're going to take a look at uh, what happened in week two, give you some advice on the Thursday night matchup between Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans, and we're going to give you some buys and sells. Fellas, how you doing? Rich, Vince? Yo, what's up, man? How's it going? It's been a good week. I know we're looking forward to the Eagles-Lions matchup coming up. Got a little bet on that across the three of us
1: yeah i love a good eagles win go birds uh, we will see about that you guys are rolling out on
0: uh, uh, mac Hollins, that wide receiver one we'll see uh but anyway getting back into the week two recap the first game we want to look at is that thursday night matchup between the buccaneers and the carolina panthers it was kind of an ugly game i think is a nice way to put it wasn't a whole lot of offense wasn't a very pretty performance from cam newton i think james Winston did enough but I'm not. I wasn't too stoked about this game from a fantasy perspective. It was good to see DJ Moore and Chris Goblin get going. Curtis Samuel looked good. Other than that, I wasn't too terribly excited about this matchup.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the Cam Newton turnout has just been, you know, it's really disappointing. Obviously, everyone that drafted him was expecting Cam Newton, but they got um, a guy that you can't even keep on your team at this point. You just, everyone here listening to this, Go ahead and drop Cam Newton. He's totally droppable. Christian McCaffrey, super disappointing week, but uh, it's CMC. I mean, it happens. It's football. You You can't predict stuff like that. DJ Moore, that was nice. My boy DJ Moore, 14 targets, baby. 14. That's beautiful.
0: You can't ask
2: for more, man. That's awesome. Curtis Samuel, I actually recommended to fade him because I was a little worried about his volume. You know, the previous week he got four targets. This week he comes back with thirteen. And then, you know, Greg Olsen had an awesome game too.
0: You know, <laughs> After nine, I said, Nine it targets. Today,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean it's the crazy part about all of this. You really can't predict anything. Yeah, I mean the Bucks the, the Bucks, I mean, been talking about the Panthers this whole time. I mean, Winston, I thought Winston looked okay. Um his stats aren't really like, Oh my god, wow, I did great. They're more like I had an average day, but they got the dub, so it is what it is, but he made some really good throws. You know, it's pretty encouraging. If I was a Bucks fan, I'd be be feeling all right. Peyton Barber, though, what do you guys think about that? Twenty three carries, workhorse man. Ronald yeah, Jones off.
1: fans are crying right now. It's The Michael Jordan <laughs> meme. I don't know if you guys are involved in any uh, any other Dynasty pages outside of Twitter, but I can tell you for a fact on. Facebook, the Ronald Jones truthers are at the throats of anybody who has ever said anything bad about Ronald Jones in their life. It's an all-out war, and that backfield is literally tearing leagues apart from some of the things I see. It's kind of outrageous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, Richo sucks.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard to get a read. I saw a clip. I mean, the Tampa Bay offensive line isn't that good, but there was a hole. Ronald Jones... Uh, I think the guard makes a good block for this good feel. It's probably a six yard crease in there. Ryle well, Jones just gets the ball, stops at the line of scrimmage, like looking right at the hole, and decides uh, I'm gonna go run into this mass of people over here to the right. It's like, dude, what
2: are you doing? Dude, that was horrible. That was like a bruh. That was one of those moments. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Bruh. Yeah. Yeah. Bruh. It's like he- seriously. Yeah. He, he like it's like he like wanted to run into his center's back. He was like, Hey, what's up, bud? I see this hole, but, you know, your back's looking awfully good right now.
0: Okay. So, DJ Moore, I was actually looking at some stats. because When people were getting upset on Twitter with, was DJ Moore, is his production good? We talk about the targets, and the nine catches. People are getting upset that he's not scoring. I mean, through two games, he posted seven for 76 in week one and nine for 89 in week two. And he's yet to break one of those, like, classic DJ Moore. Why he was a first-round pickup on those big game-breaking plays. So, I look back at the 2018 uh, top wide receivers and receptions and yardage uh, per game. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 7.2 catches, 98 yards. Tyreek Hill, 5 for 92. Antonio Brown, 6 for 81. And Michael Thomas, 7 for 87. And I'm not expecting this consistent like 8 to 10 catches a game, but if he's treaded towards being a volume player, there's no reason he can't start creeping into that wide receiver one conversation.
3: I don't disagree whatsoever. I am a huge DJ Moore guy um I mean, I agree man. I mean the vol I'll take volume all day. We can't predict touchdowns yep, yep you know how? like we can't we can't predict it whatsoever, but you can predict statistics based on volume. You can predict how he's going to turn out if he gets the volume. If you give Dj more 14 targets every week, I am comfortable predicting high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one. I am fine. I I will scream it right now in Dynasty. DJ Moore is a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two.
1: 100% agree, Yeah, agreed. Uh, I want to go back to something you said about Cam Newton, Vince. Please do not drop him. Something's not right. They'll get it together. It's week two. Who's going to take his spot? Will Greer? If you have 27. Yeah, but are we worried about that?
3: Yeah, but it's the whole rest of the NFL, though. There's 31 other quarterbacks. Cam yeah. Newton's been horrible, and he's out six weeks. Okay. I agree,
1: but in a dynasty league, are, are you really going to? No, of
3: course I'm not dropping Cam Newton in a dynasty in the, league. In redraft, I get it, yeah. yeah, I, yeah you had me a little concerned for a second Cam. there. Okay, I was no, about to say. No, uh, no, Redraft never him am for dropping him, just... but
1: yeah. But with that being said, I mean, there's not much else to talk about in that game, with the exception of McCaffrey not doing so hot. Chris Godwin, yeah man. The, the, the part. can we stop talking yeah. about this when i love him i love him stop telling people how good he is because if they don't know about by, by now they don't deserve him
0: <laughs> that's totally fair uh we'll move on to the baltimore arizona game uh baltimore defeated arizona 23 to 17 lamar jackson just continues to roll and looks like that absolute late round dream quarterback that everybody tries to go get i mean phenomenal this week he was 272 yards passing to go along with 120 yards rushing. That's that, that's gonna win you every single week. I don't care what the rest of your team did. I mean, that's phenomenal output.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, no doubt, man. I mean, Lamar Jackson. What we're seeing from him, I mean, just the improvements. It's kind of what we expected out of Baker coming into this year. You know, we expected like Baker to step up this year. Yep. And I saw Baker going as like QB two in startups. You know, the second quarterback off the board. But Lamar Jackson with his legs, like like you said, I mean, he's an every-week guy. He's going to win you weeks consistently. His upside's awesome. I was actually fading him in the off season because I was a little worried about his accuracy. I was worried about, um, in terms, and with Dynasty specifically, um, I was worried about his longevity. I was worried about him keeping a career in the NFL. You know, I don't think you can make it in the NFL long term without throwing. You can be, you can have, you could be the best runner in the history of the NFL at the quarterback position, but if you can't make a simple pass, I just don't think it's gonna work. But no, he's looked awesome. He's proved me wrong, and I'm totally happy to take that L because I love Lamar Jackson coming out. I loved him, then I got worried after last season faded him a little bit, was still on him where he was going in redraft. I thought he was a good value, a good upside play. If I drafted Lamar Jackson, I was drafting another quarterback as well, like a Jameis Winston or something.
1: Agreed. Uh, Listen, Lamar Jackson right now, his house is a mile above sea level, and he has 18-foot ceilings. Uh, (laughs) The sky's the limit for this kid. I was doubting his accuracy and his throwing uh, coming into the season, and he has proved me wrong in two weeks in a row now. I, I can't wait to see what he can do. I think he's a great player. I'm excited for him. I'm also excited for the guy on the other end of the uh, game last week, Kyler Murray. Uh, he started out pretty shaky. And, uh, you know, he's. I don't think he's been playing the best football. But if he's putting out 359 th- uh, yards through the air, He's not going to do that weekly, but, you know, he's, he's going to put up 250-plus yards. And he hasn't even shown what he can do with his legs yet. Yeah, I'm really excited for this part. kid.
0: Yeah, and that air-raid offense, he's going to see volume. Volume's can't. We just talked about it with DJ Moore. Kyler Murray is going to see 30-plus attempts every week uh, in this air-raid offense. That's the guy I want. I want that, that volume just because if I can fill the, the dart at the board so many times, I'm going to score eventually. Like I'm going to, It's going to be good. So, yeah, I'm super stoked on Kyler Murray last guy I want to hit on real quick is uh, the George Kittle of this year, in my opinion, Mark Andrews. Uh, Eight catches, 112 yards, another touchdown. He looked phenomenal. He was a a late-round tight end that you could probably grab in probably the ninth or 11th round of your redraft league. Um, He looked phenomenal, fellas.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he really does. I mean, I liked Mark Andrews to begin with. I drafted him in a bunch of spots last year. I liked him coming out of Oklahoma. I've actually watched Oklahoma play a lot. I'm really into college football. Fun fact, belt Vince, if you did really not know. I like college football <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Mark Andrews was basically a big body receiver at Oklahoma. So, like, I liked him as a weapon a lot. I actually liked Hayden Hurst, too, so I didn't really know what to expect. But Mark Andrews was way cheaper in rookie drafts and in startups. He was basically free. So I actually had him on a bunch of teams. Um, traded him to Richard, fun fact, in a dynasty league. Last year, before the season started, I traded Mark Andrews and a third for George Kittle. Shout out to your nice. boy. But now it's turning out to, you know, it is what it is for Rich. Mark Andrews yeah. looks like,
1: you know, he looks good. It was my first year in Dynasty, and your boy Vince took advantage. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything more than that because I do own Mark Andrews. I'm really high on him. I was excited to get him in the 12th round of my redraft, in my big redraft this year, so that was, that was a plus for me. I have offers to you know, out the wazoo of people trying to get him off of me in uh, two different redraft leagues. I have a couple shares of him in Dynasty. I think he's a must start. And if you have another tight end like a Kittle or a Kelsey, Mark Andrews might be a flex. Yeah, You might be flexing Mark Andrews over anybody else on your bench. Yeah, that's
0: what my league of record right now, I have Kelsey and I have Andrews. And it's a start, three wide receivers and two flex. DJ e. Moore, Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, my starting three. The other flex, I go Tyler Lockett. And it's like, yeah, dude, I'll slide. I got no problem putting Mark Andrews in a second flex position. And I'll feel good about it each week. What league is this? My home league with all my buddies from I was going to say, club. is
2: it like a, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I was going to say, that's like the craziest starting lineup I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> a lot of work. Nah, Are there two nah, teams? Nah, I'm just playing. Two Everyone teams has a league. league? league. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's a two team league. Twelve. Fun fact. It's, it's, uh, it's Big Cat and his brother. <laughs> That's no, that's
1: great.
0: good. Uh, the next game, guys, I want to cover 49ers traveled to Cincinnati, defeated them 41-17. to I thought the big storyline from this was Garoppolo looked much better this week than he did week one against Tampa Bay. And then that San Francisco backfield is very intriguing. I think that's something we knew with Kyle Shanahan. We saw the success that he had in Atlanta with Devonta Freeman, with Kevin Coleman. I was rolling out guys like Raheem Mostert, and they're producing. I mean, Jeffrey Wilson scored a touchdown last week. There's so much upside in that backfield. I don't, I don't know what to do when Coleman comes back. but I do know for the time being, I want Raheem Mostert. I want Matt Breida on my team.
2: Mostert's just flat out looked good. He's just looked really good. Um, I mean, if I had him, if you have Mostert, you're starting him this week for sure. You could start. Oh, yeah. You could start a Breda as. Um, you could start Breda as well. Yeah, I mean, it's the backfield's definitely confusing. When Tevin comes back, it's going to be a huge headache. But they signed Tevin. They gave him the money. He's going to get the touches, which is nice because then you know he's going to come back into a, into a nice offense for running backs. It's just very running back friendly. So Tevin Coleman, he might not have the higher upside that we thought to begin the season, but he's still going to be a RB2, high-end RB3. Yeah. But um, another guy that I'm pretty pumped about... Um, Debo, man. I love me some Debo. Looked yep. good. Seven targets, five catches, 87 yards, a touchdown, two carries, seven yards. They're getting creative with the guy. Just getting in the ball. He's a playmaker. It's exactly what he did in South Carolina. He was just a flat-out playmaker.
1: I think it's funny that you just said the backfield that had 24, 15, and 15 points between three running backs. Yeah, that that is like an RBBC dream right there. It's literally, what, it's,
2: it's incredible.
1: Yeah, that's what every coach wants. And then at the same time, you have Debo Samuel with 20 points, uh, Goodwin with 16, you know, uh, 16.7 if you're doing decimal scoring, things like that. Just ridiculous output from this offense that nobody was really sure was going to look anything remotely good. I'm really excited about it. I own Garoppolo in a, in a league, so I'm pumped about that. I also have Debo Samuel in a couple leagues. I actually named one of my teams, That's My Bike Punk, <laughs> uh, in reference to Debo. I, I love him. I I got him in the second round of a rookie draft. I was pretty excited about that.
3: Yeah. But well, if
1: we're going to look yeah. at the other side, I'd like to talk about Tyler Boyd. 10 for yeah, ten, one sure. twenty-two. 122. It's That's my so guy. That's my, yeah. <laughs> my guy. That's my guy. He's good, man. He's just flat-out good. He yeah, I'm
2: excited
0: so, to see what yeah, he can do because, sure. like, his, we talked about DJ Moore. The volume is there. I want to see the touchdown start happening, which I think they will. But, I mean, he he has all the tools. And with AJ Green being out, there was a report today that he came back and was running fine. But I'm still all in on Tyler Boyd.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, th- let's talk about John
0: Ross. What the hell is going on? Is,
3: is this yeah. guy actually
0: – is he actually good? <laughs> yeah, maybe Zach Taylor's unlocked him. And that was one of the things I wanted to see was, this can they implement this pseudo-Rams offense over there in Cincinnati? You got Tyler Boyd, your underneath guy. You got Brandon Cooks-esque uh, guy with John Roth there. And, and I, I mean, I'm all about it. I, I don't know if it's a flash in his hand, but I we'll get into it later. But I'm definitely interested in John Roth.
1: He's probably one of the fastest human beings I've ever seen run. And and you have to find a way to make that work. If you want to be a good coach in the NFL and you have a guy that can outrun anybody on that field, he damn well better be one of the best players on, on that on that field that day.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, man, because he's he's blown
1: the top off in two weeks now.
0: He looked phenomenal. You guys got anything else for this matchup? Not really, uh, other than no?
2: Joe Mixon breaking my heart in multiple uh, leagues. I miss you, Joe. Come back. Come uh, home.
0: RB one. Come yeah, on, baby. Come home. The world. Uh, yeah. Moving on to the Chargers and Lions game. This was uh, not a barn burner. The Chargers traveled Detroit and lost 13-10 to 10 to the Lions. Um, from this game, the big takeaways for me is Austin Eckler. Looks phenomenal. And then on the flip side, Kenny Galladay. has looked really, really good as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. Galladay's looked great, man. Ten targets there, so the volume's there. So ten targets this week with not followed up, you know, he had a nine targets last week. So it's pretty sweet. I mean, you can't really ask for more. We really had no clue what the Lions' offense was going to look like. I truly didn't. I thought it would be more, um, you know, run first. Not that they're not running a lot, but um, you know, I, that's forty-five attempts last week by Stafford, followed up by thirty. And you know, Nate, you watched the whole game, obviously. <laughs> Ooh, line suck. But uh, 30 pass attempts, you know, the, the game was a little... It was kind of a weird game. I watched yeah, the game but... as well, actually. It was just like a weird game. But uh, Stafford's actually looked pretty good. He's looked solid. He hasn't looked bad at all. He might actually be fantasy relevant again this year. You know, last yeah. year was an outlier. Matthew Stafford was good at fantasy football for multiple years in a row. You know, he was very consistent.
1: Yeah. You, you know, know how I, I spent so much time... Giving all this crap to anybody in my home redraft about going out and drafting, going out and drafting, you know, Carson Wentz or a uh, Dak Prescott or, or just any QB really a good five, six rounds before people like Stafford are coming off the board last year. I was when I was like, look, he's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback for how many years in a row now? And then Patricia just crushed my soul. I
0: think a lot of that had to do with Jim Bob Gooder kind of taking the reins from Matt Stafford. Um, and Like like you guys said, everybody was kind of curious as to what this Lions' offense was going to look like. I honestly wasn't expecting 45 and 30 attempts from Stafford to start the season, but it looks like that's the sweet spot. you got the two tall guys outside, big playmakers with Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. The O-line is okay at best. I don't know if they can really establish a run like they want to. So Stafford, I think, could be a serviceable top 15 quarterback and might sneak into that top 12.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would love for on to start getting more targets. Um, that'd be awesome for his upside in fantasy. I think it's what a lot of people expected with on kind of expected and get, um, you know, more targets. But um, as a guy that I invested in Marvin Jones a lot this year, actually, I thought he was a good value in redraft and in Dynasty. Um I kind of want some more production. Uh, he had 10 points week one, 9.3 this week. Uh, four targets last week, six targets this week. Kind of want more in terms of volume. And I expect this week to be the week that Marvin Jones, uh, Marvin Jones excuse me, breaks out. I can just feel it. I usually get those hunches. I'm usually pretty good with them when it comes to versus my Eagles. I'm usually pretty good at predicting the other side um Marvin Jones is my opinion going to be the guy that catches a deep one
1: or makes multiple one or multiple big plays this week uh Marvin Jones is just a guy who's he's come out and done it consistently uh very quietly over the past few years uh I always root for a guy like that and I would like to see what he can do but with that said Kenny Galladay he's just going to demand so much of that passing game I think he I think he's a great player I think he's the best receiver on the team and I think Stafford knows it and uh It'd be interesting to see if he's only throwing 30 times a game, how those targets start to go out.
0: Right. Cause that's, yeah, that's a good point. We want to see Carryon Johnson get more involved in the past game. But, you know, if you're throwing 30 to 35 times, you got to get TJ Hawkinson only saw three targets last week, which is, as a TJ Hawkinson, the, the leader of the fan club there, a uh, little disappointed in that. But, man, I think there is enough with 30 to 35 attempts a game to go around for Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, and Carryon Johnson to see decent volume
2: yeah for sure it could definitely be a fantasy um friendly offense. definitely could, for sure. I mean, carry on's a what would you say top twenty, definitely top twenty four top twenty running back moving forward for the year. i would I'm pretty safe saying that. feel safe yeah. saying yet you know in that like fifteen to twenty range he could finish. no doubt. Yeah. carry on for me i I do worry about injuries a little bit. Um, yep. he's just been consistently yep. been banged up dating back to high school. You know, he might not have missed a lot of games, only missed four games at Auburn. And, uh, you know, he missed the end of last year. But uh, guys that consistently get banged up, you know, it's usually just a trend. Like, even if he's getting banged up and still playing, he's obviously not as effective. It's just common sense. If you're banged up, you're not going to be as effective as if you weren't. Yeah, that's really all I worry about with him moving forward. And the rest of that, the rest is really it. Mike Williams, I kind of want more volume. It kind of stinks seeing Mike Williams not getting the volume, but... It's yeah, nice he was banged up.
1: Yeah. They
0: said that uh, Mike Williams is only going to be in red zone situations. I know he played a little bit more than that, but uh, him going forward, I think. I mean, I've always been kind of against Mike Williams as a, as a top 20 wide receiver, but I think he offers you that, that red zone upside, especially now that Hunter Henry's out. I mean, he should start seeing those two and three touchdown games that we saw last season.
1: Nate, if uh, we were friends before I found out that you were a Lions fan? And we were friends after i don't know if we can be friends now because i am that mike williams truther i love the kid he's got a freak he's got a uh, freakish athleticism for for the way he's built and i think he can bang with the best of them he can go up over the top he's a great red zone target it's it's just sad for me to see he just can't get healthy he can't he can't keep it consistent
0: yeah no super talented i think he's got all the talent in the world that's just my concern with him is those classic bigger body, like X type wide receivers. When they get hurt, they just seem to keep getting hurt and nagging stuff. Like, like we talk about with, uh, some of these guys. I just, I just I have to choose one. Obviously I'm choosing Keenan Allen on the offense, but Mike Williams, I think has some value. And especially now with Hunter Henry out, I, I see a big jump in his production. Agreed. All right. Moving on to the green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings. This was another weird one with a bunch of offensive pass interference. They're just calling back to Stefan Diggs touchdowns. Um, Aaron Rodgers came out pretty hot, looked good. But I think the big story from this one is the Vikings passing game. Kirk Cousins went 14 for 32 for 230 yards with two picks. Threw a touchdown. Dalvin Cook looks really good. But uh, last year we saw Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs finish as top 12 wide receivers. But it, with this, just Kirk Cousins does not look good. It might be a two-week thing, but we kind of saw that shift towards just more run-heavy offense uh, with Kevin Stefanski taking over late last season. Is this a sign of things to come, fellas, or is this just a two-week uh, snap move?
2: Yeah, I mean, they have definitely been super frustrating. I think the only guy that's you know made fantasy owners happy has been Dalvin, who has just looked absolutely phenomenal. So that's a very big positive that I can take from the Vikings' start to the year. But Thielen and Diggs is just super frustrating. At least Thielen's doing more for owners. You know, he had five receptions on eight targets this week for 75 yards, put up 12.5 in fantasy. And then um, the week before, three targets, three receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown, so he had 13.3. You can get away with 13.3 and 12.5 and maybe steal a week still. You're um, expecting more from a guy like Thielen where you drafted him, but Diggs, that is just – Diggs has been a huge letdown, man. You know what sucks is he scored a touchdown this game – and he actually scored another one, but they reversed they reversed the other one. Because, yeah, from the Yeah, they reviewed it, the new rule, and they took away one of his touchdowns. So, I mean, obviously two touchdown weeks looking way different, but it's still not – you're not happy with – that would have been, let's say, two receptions on eight targets. You're still yeah. not happy with that. You're just not happy with only two receptions.
1: Especially if it's coming from the guy getting mailboxes stuck on his hands in commercials. Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought Diggs was going to have a good week. I, I knew he was going to get a touchdown. He was due. I called it before the start of the game. Uh, I just can't believe he had one catch. Yeah, on seven tar- yeah, on seven targets, he had one catch. Crazy. Uh, with that being said, is is Kirk Cousins rob the Vikings? Or sure, looks
2: like-, like it. He wasn't even he wasn't good last year either. He was yeah. mediocre at best last year very frustrating if i
0: was a vikings fan i'd be punching my pillow every night yeah i'm with you guys uh, the other side of that green bay i don't know if you guys saw matt lafleur just came out and said despite the talent of aaron jones they want to uh essentially get even touches for aaron jones and jamal williams i don't know how i feel about that because i think aaron jones is a far superior talent and that, i think that's a frustrating backfield going forward
2: yeah, I mean, once you get into the game flow and, you know, the game's coming down to, all right, we need our best players on the field, Aaron Jones is going to be on the field. I think that's exactly what you sure. saw this week. He's been preaching the even split since, you know, the off season, and week one was frustrating, but then this was just the Aaron Jones party. It would be nice for the coach to come out and say, Aaron Jones is our guy. Look at the week he had. You know, in my opinion, he won us the game. He was the best player the entire game. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely frustrating, but I'm Aaron Jones is, he's a good player. He's, I, I like him. It's kind of weird on him. I mean, I feel yeah. like, I feel like he was valued correctly. I feel like his value was right. It wasn't like you were taking too much risk. All the
1: guys in his range,
2: in terms of ADP, all had equal risk, in my opinion.
1: I'll tell you what, the, uh, the way you lose the Green Bay fan base is by having open disagreements with Aaron Rodgers and not using the most talented players on your team. And, uh, if you're going to tell me the guy who just had 23 carries for 116 yards and a touchdown is going to split the uh split the backfield with somebody who had 9 carries for 28 yards I I just it, it blows my mind. Yep. Uh, and I know it's even more frustrating too if you look at the receivers you have everybody have, still having the uh MVS versus Allison debates and and they've done nothing to help anybody choose between the two.
0: Super frustrating. Another super frustrating game was a jacksonville uh, Texans game. Uh, Jags traveled to Houston and lost 12-13. to They went for two at the end of the game. Jacksonville did did not get it, but um, a much different week for Deshaun Watson than last week. Uh, Still uh, enough to help you out. I mean, I'm not selling him, but he only had like, what, 10 points this week. 159 yards passing, four carries. Saved you with a rushing touchdown. But, uh, I mean, him going down is going to hurt Deandre Hopkins, but I don't think you can really make <laughs> this you can't make assumptions about this game and and going forward, I'm not worried about Hopkins or Watson
2: yeah, I mean I'm not worried about Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins whatsoever. a little bounce back, you know, good players have bad weeks too
1: yeah uh, same here i'm I'm not terribly concerned about it uh. What I do like is their their backfield. I like uh, watching Carlos Hyde get out there and get some touches. I feel like they got two years. very, yeah. I feel like they got two very under undervalued running backs uh, for what they're what they're good at, and it's just going to be nice to see who comes out on top.
0: Yeah, it should be good. I hate having to deal with the running back by committee, but I think like what you're saying, man. I like both of those guys going forward with Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde.
2: Yeah, I mean, but. With Duke's usage, you can't start him at all. You can't comfortably start him whatsoever. If you go off of last week's, yeah, sucks. Yeah. He was he was the one that was drafted, so he's the one throwing a curveball into your leagues and your lineups. So you right. know, you, well, I mean, you're scooping Carlos Hyde for free. Yeah, like well, if you, look,
0: the, you look at last week with Duke Johnson against New Orleans. Saw five targets, four catches for 33 yards, and ran the ball nine times for 57 yards. So I don't know if it was just a bad game as a whole, because, I mean, like we said, Hopkins didn't look great. Sean Watson didn't look great. You know, it might just be one of those, those frustrating flex-type plays where you have to deal with the good and the bad of Duke Johnson.
1: Yeah, if uh, Deshaun Watson has th- about 35 pass attempts, maybe 22 completions, Duke Johnson's game is completely different. He thrives in the passing game. They completed 16 passes for 159 nine yards last week. It was just a bad game. When Deshaun Watson's on... Duke Johnson's own.
2: See, for me, I completely disagree 100 million billion percent because Duke Johnson's snap percentage went down to 39 percent last week. I mean, that's just, that's horrible. You can't, yeah, if, but you were drafting Duke Johnson as the lead guy in Houston, sure. and now you're getting him as he's not really like anything.
1: I get it, but you it, can't it's, use it's him only whatsoever. week two. It's only week two. I think he he gets it together, man. They're both very new to the offense.
2: Week two in a close game, dude, versus Jacksonville, and you're playing 39% of the snaps and you're healthy. That's not, like, good at all. You should be worried if you drafted Duke Johnson as your RB2. I'm not giving up
1: hope, man. I'm not. I'm
0: sorry. Uh, As your your RB2, like, because when he got traded for that third-round pick, I mean, that's that's some pretty decent draft capital that Texans gave up. I think a lot of people were expecting that bona fide – you know, fourth, fifth round redraft pick, running back to locked and loaded. But the addition of Carlos Hyde late kind of hurts that. I mean, personally, if I have Duke Johnson on my flex, I'm not for sure, surefire. He's going to give me 10, 15 points. But I do feel like he possesses that PPR upside to give me a decent enough floor if Houston plays well as a team.
2: Yeah, I mean, 39% of snaps, 39% of snaps. It's weird. There was no yeah, injury. It a- makes sense. There was no injury whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I mean, but you kind of look at game flow of that thing, too. It was just a horrible offensive output. I mean, 12 points, 13 points. The week prior against the Saints and a little higher scoring affair, he saw 63% of the snaps. So that's more of what I want to see from Duke Johnson. So I'm not, I'm not yeah. pushing the alarm yet, but I understand where you're coming from. Vince. Yeah, uh, I mean, you
2: go 63 to 39, it's more troublesome than if you go – it's more of a negative than it would be from going from 39 to 63, in my opinion. I mean, 63 yeah. – is a decent number, but I mean, going down to thirty nine is just—it's a big red flag for me. I understand.
1: I understand. Uh, yeah. If we're if we're gonna change direction here and look at the Jaguars, is Garner Minshew? Is he for real? Is he is he a thing now? He's a gamer, man.
0: I I like what he brings to the table. I don't know if he's a a starting quarterback in his league outside of maybe a replacement level type guy that the Jaguars need, but. I'm excited to see what he can do in his his showcase here until Nick Foles gets back and gets healthy, but, um, he's a gamer. I mean, he ran for 56 yards as well, uh, throwing for 213 in a bad game I thought. So I think he he has some value in a super flex for sure. I'm not screaming to grab him in a one quarterback league, but, I I want to keep my eye on him and watch what he does going forward. This is his first game as a a full starter.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, outside of Superflex, he's basically irrelevant. But, I mean, the the last drive was pretty awesome versus Houston, to be honest. They should have won. That was fun. That was fun. That was a really fun ending, and he's definitely a gamer.
0: I'm with you, man. Uh, Moving forward here, we have covered quite a bit so far. We want to blitz through some of these week two games that weren't especially fantasy relevant. Uh, New England blown out Miami, 43 to nothing. It looks like Miami is just going to be awful. Everybody wants out of Miami. They're trading guys left and right. Hopefully they can free my man, Kenyon Drake. Buffalo defeated the Giants 28 to 14. Josh Allen looks good. Taquan Barkley good as always. Uh, I want to get into the Seattle and Pittsburgh game. Seattle beat Pittsburgh 28 to 26. And Ben Roethlisberger went down and is on the IR for the season now. So it looks like Mason Rudolph will take over and get to hook up with college buddy I know this is all the rage right now him and James Washington boosting his value uh, I'm concerned as, as far as, as what this is going to do for the offense as a whole but with James Connor and Juju's still going to get his I don't know he looked good with Vance McDonald seven catches on seven targets 38 yards and two touchdowns you know it's not a whole lot of yardage value but the two scores is, is promising what do you guys think
2: all right, with the Steelers' offense moving forward, um, I am a little worried about Juju. I'm happy that everyone's starting to catch on to what I was screaming all offseason. Do not draft Moncrief, He's not good at football. He's just hashtag not good. Yeah, um, James Washington, I mean, it's for the Washington truthers, they're definitely happy. I mean, Mason Rudolph and James Washington, you know, they got that college connection and they looked good in the preseason together as well. Um, James Conner, I'm definitely worried about. Um, It's kind of easier to defend the Steelers when you have a quarterback like that. You know, teams are probably going to play their defenders closer to the line of scrimmage, kind of make Mason Rudolph beat them. I do think Mason Rudolph does have some upside. Um, I feel like he can, he can hit some throws and he definitely um, takes some shots downfield as well. So that's fun, but um, I'm definitely worried about Juju. I have Juju in a lot of spots and, obviously whenever your stud wide receiver loses their starting quarterback for the year, it's a negative. You can't look at it as a positive. You just can't. Yeah. So, I mean, that definitely sucks, but, um, Vance McDonald had a good game. That was cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. A,
0: a lot of volume, but not a lot of yards, you know? so, yeah, I kind of take it with a grain of salt, but uh, he, he looked much better than he did week one.
2: Yeah. I mean, red yeah. zone usage is huge. And I mean, yep. you know, I mean, Getting the, getting the looks there, he's got the upside. You were drafting him for, you know, you were drafting him for upside anyway. I mean, outside of the top tight ends, it's it's a crap shoot.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not going to rely on Vance if, if he's going to be touchdown dependent. I like the seven receptions. I Don't get me wrong. If he has seven catches in each game from here on out, I would put everything in my bank account that he's going to have more than 38 yards. Yeah. But uh, the two touchdowns does change what was – Easily a a poor game for him. It does change the uh, way it looks I'm not too concerned about that, but I'm with you on the juju point I am a little concerned about what happens with him. They're going to be able to uh, Double him up with no issue. James Conner does become a bit of a uh, a bit of a risk when starting him now But at the same time if the Steelers are going to go out and give up their first-round pick for a cornerback That tells me that they believe in this Mason Rudolph kid they obviously like what they see if they're gonna if they're gonna continue to make moves like they're contending. I'm not gonna buy too much into the college connection with James Washington. Uh, if in anything, I'm gonna put more stock in what they did together in the preseason.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, something I'm monitor going forward for sure. On the other side, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, man, Tyler Lockett last week had one catch, saved you with that 44-yard touchdown grab. Uh, but this week, he saw 12 targets uh, for 79 yards. He you know, didn't score a touchdown, but we talk about volume and 12 targets is a lot in that offense. D.K. Metcalf looks phenomenal. Three, he had three catches on seven targets, 61 yards and a score. He's that classic big body deep threat. I mean, he's, you have Tyler Lockett, the little guy running down the field, making these big plays, and then you have supersized Tyler Lockett, and D.K. Metcalf going down the field and making these big plays for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks.
2: Yeah, for sure. I feel like the biggest take from this game, other than people seeing Lockett get the volume they expected, Will Disley looked good. Yeah.
1: Is he a yeah, thing? Yeah. I mean, he, he looks good. He
2: was, yeah, is he a thing again? I mean, he got hurt. <laughs> but, I mean, he was awesome before he got hurt. He looks great, man. Five catches from five targets for 50 yards and two touchdowns. Just, yep. I mean, tight end's a tough position. I mean, he's definitely a must pickup in, in yeah. all formats.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I I liked him. I The first game he had last year, I was like, ah, it's a fluke. Then he did it in the second game, and I'm like, it's a fluke. And then he just did it over and over again. I think he would have had a really great season if it wasn't for the injury. At the same time, if you look at Russell Wilson, he just played off the wall. Uh, you saw him. He, he carried the ball six times. He, he used his feet a little bit, threw for 300 yards. I think he had a, a classic Russell Wilson game, and it was good to see again.
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure. Too. That was one of the things I was worried about this off season was how run heavy are they going to be? I was kind of worried about the talent at wide receiver, but this was a game. Um, and, um, you know, the Steelers just upgraded their defense with the Mika Fitzpatrick coming over from the Dolphins. But Russell Wilson looked good. It kind of looked like vintage Russell Wilson, you know, and, and that's good for the fantasy football world. Yeah, for sure. Going forward, we'll, we'll glance over the Indianapolis Colts beat the Titans 19 to 17. Dallas looks really good. They went into Washington and won 31 to 21. Kansas City, there's a lot of relevant relevant guys in Kansas City, but I don't know what we're going to tell you that you don't already know. Patrick Mahomes is awesome. Go get to Marcus Robinson. Travis Kelsey is really good. Me, Cole Hardman. I mean, just pick your poison there. Chicago defeated Denver on a last-second field goal, 16-14. Uh, to 14, So good to see a kicker situation get figured out in Chicago. Mitch Trubisky still does not look great. The Rams defeated the Saints 27-9. They lost Drew Brees uh, for, it looks like, six to eight weeks. So that'll be interesting to see what that offense looks like going forward. And then we'll come back to the Philly-Atlanta game. And then Cleveland defeated the Jets 23-3 on Monday night. Guys, I want to dive into this Philly-Atlanta game. Um, Atlanta ended up squeaking one out on that Julio Jones 50-yard screen pass, essentially, to, to, to win the game for the Falcons 24-20. to uh, This wide receiver core for the Eagles is pretty banged up going forward. Uh, losing Alshon Jeffrey early, losing Deshaun Jackson early, losing Dallas Goddard early—I know that's important to Eagles. Uh, the Eagles fans, as a, as a twelve personnel team, so a team with two tight ends on the field most of the time. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to for the Eagles um, as the season progresses?
2: Yeah, I mean, aguilor has got to step up. It's time for Jay Joel. You know, he's got to get going. I mean, times now. J-Jaw owners and Dynasty, this is awesome. I, we want to see him play right now, you know, but it sucks to see Deshaun hurt and Alshon hurt as well, but they'll be okay. The, the type of injuries, they'll be totally fine. So I'm not too worried about it, but um, Aguilar is definitely, he's a start moving forward until Deshaun and Alshon are back. So after this week coming up, so we you know we play your Lions Sunday. Yep. We then have a Thursday night game. So that yeah. Thursday, so, you know, we have a short week. So, there's a very good chance you're not going to see Alshon or Deshaun for at least two weeks. Yeah. Um, So, Aguilar's a start for me. I mean, Aguilar looked good besides the, you know, the game-winning touchdown, Nelson. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're listening. I know you're not, but I hope you are. One thing I could say, Miles Sanders does not look good, and I'm a Miles Sanders guy. I'm just disappointed, flat out. He's trying to bounce everything outside, which was one of his negatives coming out, but... um. He's got to learn to hit the hole, man. Take the positive yards. Just take it. Be happy with three yards in the NFL.
1: I think he's going to develop in the NFL as a good running back. The flaws in his game are things that can be coached out and things that can be taught. So I think maybe not this season he's going to have much of an impact, but I think he is the running back to own in Philly still. I'm not terribly concerned. It was great to see uh, Aguilar out there and and have – A really good game. I would have liked to see a little more. But he had eight catches, 107 yards from a fantasy perspective. That plus the touchdown, that's a great game. But I'm excited for Artega Whiteside as well. That's Artega. Everybody knows that. They talk about it enough now. But I'm excited to see what he can do with a uh, more involved role. But if we look at the other side, Julio Jones, eight, and Calvin Ridley, by all means, outplayed him. Just had one less touchdown.
0: Yeah, no, he looked good. Both of those guys, you know, Julio in the clutch when you needed him comes up with that big play. But like you said, Calvin Ridley dominated this game um, from the jump, eight catches on 10 targets, 105 yards and a touchdown I, that you guys saw the incompletion in the end zone where it kind of looked like he was going to come down with it and double coverage. Calvin Ridley is everything as advertised in more. I'm really excited if I own Calvin Ridley. I don't think you're probably not gonna be able to buy him at this point uh, in dynasty, but man, he he looks really good and as Julio ages, one of the things they said on Sunday Night Football is Julio found it important to spend time around the team in his contract dispute to mentor Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, I think, is on the cusp of greatness, and Julio is going to decline at some point. It happens to everybody. Calvin Ridley is already producing like that mid wide receiver too.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's just a good player. I mean, he just gets open. He's a good route runner. He's just a good. Re- he's just a very good wide receiver. And up until Absolutely. the
1: uh, last. Uh... Julio Jones catch he had what 16 17 points if it's not yep. for that 50 yards and a touchdown he has a very met game yeah I mean yeah, you would, he would have like him.
2: 15 he would have like 15 so I mean yeah it's it's a little bit below what he, you would you know expect from him he's probably projected around like 18 ish so it definitely would have been less than what you were expecting but Julio was great the whole game beside besides that one play I mean, a lot of his targets, it says he's 10 targets, but I mean, if you, you know, you watch the game, I'm yeah. sure all of you guys watch yeah. the game. They weren't like Julio didn't do anything bad to miss the other targets that weren't receptions. It just, you know, plays that just didn't work out. So, yeah. you know, the volumes there, I mean, Julio's a beast game winning play. We could talk about him not making the play, but he made the play. So yes, he's got that 27.6. So he's just a beast. Yep, it's just is almost, what it is. Yeah. Let's just move on from this one so I don't have to
0: cry. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe some redemption this weekend. We'll see. Probably not, but we'll see. Um, sure. So the next segment we want to get into here, guys, we want to look at some buys and sells after two weeks. Um, I've got two guys. I got one I'm going to buy, one I'm going to sell. Vince and Rich also have the same thing. So uh, Vince, why don't you start us off, man, with your buy uh, right now after two weeks?
2: Cool. So what I'm buying, I'm buying the Arizona Cardinals passing game. I am all over buying Christian Kirk and buying Larry Fitzgerald. I'm just, I've, so I've always been a Christian Kirk guy. His week one, it was kind of to the average fantasy player. They would look at it as a negative, but he had 12 targets, although he only had four receptions for 32 yards, but to the sharper players, they see the 10, they see, excuse me, they see the 12 targets and they see the offense and he was a buy after week one. And if you bought him after week one, you got eight targets, six receptions, 114 yards. I and mean, he had an awesome week this week. He's playing second most snaps. I mean, he's just a it's just the guy I want. I want the top targets on that offense. It's just, I want it. I want the volume. Give it to me, baby. Larry Fitzgerald looks great. Love it, man. And he's cheap. You can get Larry Fitzgerald for cheap in Dynasty. Yep.
1: Especially yeah, he's, he's a good counter. win now team. Yeah. Yep.
2: Before yep. the season started, I traded a 2022nd, which I do not want to trade my 2020 seconds, but I ended up doing that a lot this offseason. I got Larry Fitzgerald yep. and John Brown for a 2020 second straight up. Oof. I am thrilled. I am yeah, thrilled man. with that trade. That's a league That's a winning type of trade. That's a yep. league winning type of trade. You do that right before the season starts. And I pulled that off and you know, I'm happy with it. Yeah,
0: Awesome I'm I'm with you man We talked about At the top of the show The Cardinals volume Volume is king In fantasy football Uh, I'm sorry Rich Who do you have For your buy man
1: My buy is Get him now While you can Devin Singletary I think You know This is the cheapest You're going to be able To get him Moving forward Frank Gore is old He's going to break down And Devin Singletary Is just there Waiting for those carries I think he's a good Running back I low key Like the Bills Offense this year I like how they look under Josh Allen. I'm buying Devin Singletary wherever I can.
0: Yeah, that's a great especially with his recent injury. He just went uh, hamstring, I believe. Um he's probably a little depressed, but he looks good and his big knock coming out of Florida Atlantic was his receiving ability. And it looks like they do wanna they wanna throw him the ball in Buffalo. that's yeah, you know, I like that a lot.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've love Singletary. Anyone that truly knows me knows that I love Singletary pre draft, so I've been very happy with what I've seen from him. The injury definitely sucks, but it's not season-ending. It's not going to be something he might miss, let's say, four to six weeks. It could be he misses one game and he's right back. The only thing that sucks is soft tissue injuries do tend to linger, and they can come back. So that's always the risk, but he's definitely a nice guy to try to – go target this week in your leagues to see if the owner's panicking a little bit. You know, there might be an owner who's 0-2 who owns Singletary, and now Singletary's out for this week, and they're like, oh, crap, I need to get someone. Who am I going to start, you know? You know, who's my last flex here? And you might be able to trade him a player, let's say, just like a random flex value type of player for Singletary, someone that you like less than Singletary, obviously.
0: Bye-bye. Fellas is going to be John Ross. I know this is kind of probably a little post uh, breakout, but I, I still think there's haters out there for John Ross. People, I mean, his snaps, we talk about volume. So he saw 12 targets week one and eight targets week two. But something else I'm looking at with John Ross is can he get on the field? Week one, he saw an 82% snap share. And then last week in San Francisco, he saw an 86% snap share. So his usage is going up. And he is game breaking. I mean, he has the fastest 40 times ever recorded at the combine. That's crazy, and they want to blow the top off, and John Ross is that guy. Um, seven catches a week, one for 158 and two touchdowns, and then four catches for 112 on a TD. That, talk about a high upside flex. That's a, that's a, a week-winning flex just with that. I kind of think back to Deshaun Jackson in his heyday where you know, there's games where he's going to be okay, but then there's games where he's going to drop 40 points for you, and it's, that's the upside that John Ross has.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he was drafted high in the first round for a reason because of the game changing speed I actually liked him a lot in college he reminded me a lot of like a like a T.Y. Hilton type that was actually what I compared I thought he could be like a game changer like that you know take the top off the defense but I also thought he could do the underneath stuff pretty well but um he was definitely raw but so the thing with John Ross is I mean he got drafted right I mean he got banged up and then he was in the doghouse all of a sudden. Like, the coach is being hesitant to use him because he doesn't necessarily like him. Maybe I don't know if that's the correct way to say it, but he definitely didn't get the opportunities. Um, I mean, his first year, what was his stat line his first year? It was something hilarious. He'd like one catch for three yards and he fumbled, so he actually <laughs> yeah. ended, he, he ended the year with like negative 0.7. Like, yep. oh my yeah. god, <laughs> he, had
0: a, he had a carry, so he didn't log a PPR point. Uh, it was i'm showing minus 1.8 for yeah that's funny get, that's the only <laughs> stat that he had so that's
1: hilarious uh, i will say i like it it's going to be interesting to see how they work him and Tyler Boyd both into uh, the offense when aj green comes back uh, sure. but honestly I'm even sure. then i'm i'm sorry uh but even then i feel like i feel like john ross's value just goes up when aj green's on the field it I'm you hoping have to cover that... the three of them man it's not yep that that AJ Green comes in there, and that, that might be something that
0: we saw a report today. AJ Green is running and looking good. Maybe that's pushing John Ross's value down, and I'm still going to go buy it. If somebody wants to, wants to get rid of John Ross because they fear AJ Green's coming back and Tyler Boyd is a pretty carved out role, I'll go get John Ross. Um, on the flip side of this, some guys were looking to sell uh, after two weeks. Vince, who you got?
2: All right. So the guy I'm going to be selling is Hollywood Brown. Obviously, I'm not selling him at Dynasty unless you get someone that's just in love with the guy and is willing to pay up. But um, Hollywood, I'm definitely selling in redraft. I'm using him as a package type of piece, you know, like a Hollywood plus a, let's just say a Marlon Mack type for, you know, see if someone's down on CMC after a weird week with uh, Cam's injury news as well. It's probably not going to get it done, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to sell Marquise Brown in a package to upgrade a position in redraft. I do not think he will be what he has been the first two weeks consistently throughout the year. Um, they will not be able to play the Dolphins and the Cardinals defense every week. So I I do think he will come back down to earth and be okay performer someone that's kind of up and down hit or miss here and there week to week i don't see the consistent fantasy production i mean week one he had 30.7 this week he had 16.6 i just i mean they're awesome numbers holy crap if i have this guy in dynasty i'm happy because people were down on him in dynasty drafts you were getting him at the end of first rounds i've seen him in the beginning of second rounds yep. i've seen it i've seen him multiple times yeah, um but in first wide you yep yep for sure and in redraft i'm he's just he's just the type of piece that i like him long term i do think he is a player but this year his rookie year i'm going to sell on the massive hype and try to use him in a package to go get a stud that's just the way i see because there are people that will bite that for that there's a lot of people that will bite for a flashy thing like hollywood brown yeah
0: you mentioned it, packaging up. I mean, there's, there's a couple of running backs. Uh, I mean, Alvin Kamara comes to mind with Teddy Bridgewater being out. I'm not sure you're going to do Alvin Kamara, but like you said, like, the CMC, they are coming off poor performances in questionable offenses now with questionable quarterbacks. You can stack up Marquise Brown and uh, Marlon Mack to get one of those top guys. I, I'm doing that 10 times out of 10. Yeah, for uh, sure. Rich, who you got as yourself, man?
1: Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Antonio Brown. I there were a lot of guys who drafted him in it in a few leagues I'm, I'm in or a lot of a lot of people talking about oh yeah he's going to be so great with the Patriots he's he's going to do awesome and now that he had limited exposure to the playbook and he came out and had a good game four catches 56 yards and a touchdown uh, they even threw him in there in the running game I think they're going to overreact and say like This is what he can do with limited exposure. What do you think he can do when he's finally fully practicing with them? And I would just go rob them because they will pay almost anything for him right now. I think he's too much of a distraction to stay in Belichick's system for over a year, and I think it's just downhill for him. This is the most you're going to get this late in his career and just go take it.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a risky player. There's a lot of stuff going on off the field that – as a dynasty owner, you can't control and this, this buy and sell window for Antonio Brown dating back to March, has been a wild ride and I think you're right, Rich. This might be the last time you get a chance to get out uh, while the getting good
2: yeah, I mean, if you can sell Antonio Brown good for you i don't know who who i don't know why anyone would buy him it doesn't make sense. I'm worried about the rape accusations and the sexual assaults. I'm worried about the other people coming out. I'm worried about the Patriots getting cold feet about it, just being like, "Hey, it's not worth it." You know, we got a really good team. You know, we'll be okay without AB. They were going to be okay without AB. I'm still worried about the Patriots potentially giving up on the guy. But no, I mean, yeah, I if, if you could sell him for sure, yeah, if you could sell him, definitely sell him.
1: I, I get but, it. It's. Uh, I just look at it. There's a lot of a lot of people like to get into their "I told you so" bags, and you can capitalize with players like A.B. And and there's going to be a couple spots in, in the league that you might be able to move them for something. And and if you can get it, take it, because this is the most you're getting out of them moving forward.
0: Yeah, because that hype is, is there now, right? After a good week, um, like you said, Rich, with the limited exposure, this might be a good time to just to see what you can get, throw it out there and see what you can get. Jump shift. Uh, yeah. My sell uh, kind of correlates to those bad offenses. I'm, I'm selling James Conner. In redraft, um, I'm probably going to hold in Dynasty because I want to see what Mason Rudolph can do. Uh, his snap share through two weeks. The first week, he saw 46% and then 54% against Seattle. Both of those games, the first against the Bengals was a blowout. Against Seattle, it was a close game. Saw four targets in both games. Um, I'm just not convinced I'm on, on paying a bell cow price for him because I'm just I'm not sure what that offense now. Uh, it's, it's more one of those total offense sells than a good player. I think he's talented but i'm just not sure the usage is going to be there with a potentially bad pittsburgh team.
2: i agree with basically everything you just said. connor yeah. was a fade for me in the off season. he um, just wasn't a guy that i was pretty excited about. Um, yeah. he just i don't know, he just like he was good last year. i think he was way better in the first half of the year than he was in the second half of the year. and um you know, jalen samuels looked he looked decent last year. I still think he's, you know, he's going to get touches. They might have to get a lot more creative on offense now. You know, they might have to get guys open a lot more. So you could see a guy like Jalen Samuels on the field more. But the only thing I will say about Connor, while we have all these negatives, the one positive that could come out of the Big Ben injury, they might dump it off to the running back a lot more to make Rudolph's life easier.
0: Yeah. You know, oh, no. so
2: like a, a guy like Vance and a guy like Connor, Jalen Samuels' value might go up a little bit. I think the one guy that gets hurt the most would definitely be Juju. Because I, I agree. Mean, yeah. oh, man, it's super frustrating. But yeah, no, I 100% would sell Connor because he still has value and people still look at him as an RB1. So you can definitely trade him. That's the type of guy like a James Connor. James Connor and a guy like Hollywood Brown in a package. You might be able to pull off a of
0: Kamara. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, yeah
0: for sure. That's a yeah. great, great point. Great point.
1: I agree. Um, I, I I always got uh, Demarco Murray vibes off of James Conner. I don't know why.
0: I'm with you, man. That's that's actually a pretty good comp. Because um, Conner, what, what you want to see these running back ones, you want to see 50 to 60 catches over the season to really solidify yourself as a top 12 guy. Um, and like you said, Vince, I think that receiving floor might come up, but I think that rushing floor is in
2: for a big hit. No doubt more people, more people towards the line of scrimmage, more defenders in the box. They're going to make race and Mason, oh my God, they're going to make Mason Rudolph beat them. So James Conner, um, definitely takes a big knock in his, you know, in his totals there in terms of rushing, but, uh. I do see a little bit more receiving upside, so we'll see. He's definitely, but I 100% agree with a sell. Uh, yeah. I would sell him. I would sell him in Redraft. I would sell him in Dynasty. I was selling him in Dynasty in the offseason. Never owned any shares of him, actually. Um, never really expected Le'Veon Bell thing to happen in Pittsburgh, so I never got James Conner when he came out oh. of college. But, um, yeah, man, yeah, he's definitely a sell. Yeah,
0: nice. Totally All right, well, hopefully that was helpful. We're going to take a a look at the Thursday night game here coming up. It's another barn burner, classic Thursday night football game. We're going to watch the Tennessee Titans play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tennessee's 1-1. Jags are 0-2. I am not terribly excited about this game. I am excited to see what Gardner Minshew can do. We talked about that a little bit earlier, what his progression looks like, and I want to see the usage uh, between Dee Westbrook and D.J. Chark. But that's pretty much it. For me, maybe so. Actually, you know what? I do want to see Corey Davis and see what he puts up. Fellas, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty crap game, to be honest. But no matter what teams are playing on Thursday night, you're most likely going to get a crap game because that's just how Thursday nights have been, what, for like four years now? It's been like consistently yeah, it's bad football. It's insane. It definitely, I mean, I I just don't agree with Thursday night football whatsoever. I don't think NFL games should be played on Thursday. I don't think there should be short weeks with the type of game football is. But, um, yeah, yeah, I I think that's a big factor in it, too. So, you know, I'd really, it's hard to project this game. I have no clue what to expect. I do want to see Leonard Fournette get in the end zone. I liked he's had good usage. You liked his usage so far through two games. You just would love to see him be more effective which has been kind of Leonard Fournette's thing his whole career. His efficiency is yeah. kind of very frustrating, but he gets the volume. Um, it's going to be fun. We get to watch Minshew in like somewhat of prime time Thursday I Night love Football. love that yeah. mustache. Dude, I love it, man. I love it. Derrick Henry's been playing well. We'll see what happens there. DJ Chark's been very odd. Like, holy hell. It's been awesome. Good yeah. for yeah. him. Didi's was frustrating last week. I would have won money in Vandal started DD over Christian Kirk and I want to kick myself.
0: We talk about Derrick Henry. I mean, he's looked pretty good so far and I haven't been a big Derrick Henry guy. Uh, just cause I don't think I talk about, it. you want to see receiving volume, but I mean, <laughs> watching defenders bounce off of him is just, it blows my mind. Like if Derrick Henry was playing from 2001 to 2009, he would have been the new hotness, man. He'd have been everything everybody ever wanted at running back. Um, but the thing I want to circle back to with the Jaguars Leonard Fournette, his pat again back to the passing uh, receiving volume. He's seen twelve targets through two games, which yeah. is not something that he was necessarily known for early in his career. Um, and kind of follows that LSU running back trend. They don't use him much. In- they didn't use him much in the passing game. Can they do it in the NFL? And they're starting to throw them a lot more. Saw eighty six percent snap share week one and then ninety seven last week. They want him to be the guy. They want to feed him the yeah. rock. And, and when you got him in redraft, probably the third round, you're probably feeling pretty good about about Leonard Fournette right now.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I talked about. I mean, it's the efficiency with him. I mean, like you pointed out, the targets. I mean, that's awesome. That was a that was a negative with Leonard Fournette before. You know, you had annoying TJ Yeldon taking all the targets. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely he need he needs to get in the in the end zone to be in the RB1 conversation, you just have to score touchdowns. You just flat out have to. And that's on the Jacksonville offense as a whole. Leonard Fournette just can't create these drives for the Jags. They need to create the drives. Minshew needs to, you know, have some legit drives, get them down, you know, just very first down, first down, first down, you know, get down into the red zone and just pound it. Get Fournette in the end zone. That's really the type of game flow you need for Fournette. But it is positive with the targets. The targets are awesome.
1: Yeah. It's uh nice to see uh Delaney Walker out there again. He was he was on the uh field for fifty seven percent of snaps uh this past game, forty-eight the first game. Six targets each game, that's nice to see. Uh I would like to see them targets maybe creep up a little bit so he's a little less touchdown dependent moving forward. Uh, but it's good to see after the last couple seasons he had, it's it's nice to see him back out there again playing.
0: Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Delaney, yep. One of my favorite tight ends of all time, man. Just a, what an incredible story coming from central Missouri, you know, sticking the timeout with the San Francisco 49ers. He was top five tight end for like four or five years. Got that big injury last year. So I'm, I'm with you, Rich. I'm super happy to see him back out there balling. Rich, Vince, you guys got anything for the good people listening to the Fantasy Freaks podcast?
2: That's it, guys. Set your best lineup this week. Good luck.
1: Yeah, make sure you listen in to our uh, Friday night episode. Uh, get our sit starts for Sunday. Uh, we'll talk about some updates around the league, things like that. But thank you for listening.
0: Yeah, and like Rich said, very smart man. Make sure you get those guys playing on Thursday night out of your flexes and into the regular position to give you guys uh, more flexibility come Sunday. Appreciate y'all listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.